0: our tech stuff is still considered fairly pedestrian, you know, in our industry, but that's what makes it so exciting an opportunity. And so we see a lot of tech guys and business guys coming into the cannabis space and just being able to be like, oh, mm, you know, because they've seen it before. They, they know what's going on and it's just a simple analogy. And so you see a lot of marriages between tech and business in the cannabis space that are creating some amazing breakthroughs and developments.
1: Welcome to the Hacker Noon Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Lipinski. In this episode, I interview Alex Rogers. He's the CEO and founder of ICBC, the International Cannabis Business Conference. In this episode, we discuss the cannabis industry and what's happening with legalization and regulations. We also discuss internationally what's happening around the world and how cannabis is moving out of prohibition. If you're interested in learning more about the investment opportunities and how the tech industry relates to cannabis, this is an amazing episode, so stay tuned.
2: Harbor is transforming private investing with blockchain technology. Through the Harbor platform, investors can access institutional quality assets like commercial real estate, investment funds, equity in private companies, and more. Own a piece of an office building, equity in a hotel, or invest in a venture capital fund. Harbor's platform allows qualified investors to access opportunities previously out of reach through lower investment minimums and without locking up their capital for 5 to 10 years. Restrictions apply, so visit harbor.com for more information. That's H-A-R-B-O-R dot com.
1: Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host Trent Lipinski. I'm here with Alex. Hey Alex, tell us a bit about who you are and what you're working on.
0: Uh, I am the CEO of the International Cannabis Business Conference and founder and we are our mission is to uh, bring the cannabis industry and the legalization of cannabis all over the world. And we are doing that in that we have uh, we're holding conferences now in uh, the United States, Canada Canada. Germany, Spain, and uh, Switzerland.
1: And you've got quite the background in this industry. Can you tell us a bit about uh, you know, some of the stuff you've worked on? And you've got quite an interesting past that seems to date back all the
0: way to the 90s. Yeah. Um, I, uh, so the, the grandfather of cannabis is a man named Jack Hare. He wrote a, a pretty famous book called The Emperor Wears No Clothes. And I met him in 1993 in Santa Cruz. I'm from Minneapolis, but I moved out to Santa Cruz. My girlfriend was a junior transfer at, uh, uh, at Santa Cruz, California. And I was fresh off the boat from Minnesota and uh, met Jack Hare. And he recruited me to be uh, one, and I, of course I was a fan of smoking pot. And so uh, I didn't know about activism then, but uh, I sure knew about pot. And, I knew we had a lot of brown pot in Minnesota and I knew there was a lot of green pot in California and, uh, it cost more, but it was a lot better. And so, uh, and so I met Jack Hare, and he, 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 um, and I was a Minnesota boy. I come to California. I see kind of this apathetic, I like, I'm not really a hippie, but I have hippie tendencies. I like to hang out with the hippies. Um, mm-hmm. like I said, they had a good green bud and, uh, but the apathy killed me, like, man, I just want to legalize weed, and man, we just got a man, we just got this. I was like, let's do it. And so <laughs> I was fortunate enough to meet Jack, uh, one of his really hardcore signature gatherers, Mike Jay from Santa Cruz, uh, uh, introduced us, and Jack kind of saw my potential and kind of nurtured me right away, and so I started doing activism, Jack, street activism. He had something called the California Hemp Initiative, and this was to treat pot like tomatoes. It was really uh, progressive. Some might say radical. And we were out in the streets uh, uh, coordinating a signature drive, this volunteer signature drive, to get signatures for something that we never were going to, a- we were never going to achieve. And everyone kind of knew it, but we still did it anyway. And it was fun. And by working with Jack, I, ho- I then I started working with Cypress Hill and, and Normal and Debbie Goldsberry from Cannabis Action Network. Ed Rosenthal, the famous uh, uh, grow, uh, author for growing cannabis, Dennis Perone, the godfather of medical marijuana. So I have all this experience in California working in with in, 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 in cannabis activism. But this was before two fifteen, before they legalized in ninety six for medical. And then uh, you know I kind of I don't know you know I just kind of got it, it. Never really it, you know I, I loved what I did, but I kind of wanted to do something else. So eventually, I just I moved to Europe for about uh, ten years and did all sorts of things over in Europe for about ten years.
1: And and you got in a little bit of trouble in Europe. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: I did. Well, I was over there. You know, I was just I was just all I was doing is is chasing girls and learning languages. I mean, really, <laughs> I had. I was just like the typical young goofball guy and uh, I, I did have a job. I worked for High Times. I ran I ran the milk the, uh, Milkway, the uh, Milky Way concert house for the High Times Cannabis Cup every November. Mm-hmm. I did that from like 98 to 203. And that was that's what I told everyone I did. but that was only like two weeks a year. I made like made <laughs> like 1500, bucks. But, uh, it was a cool position. I had a lot of power. I kind of got other jobs from that. I got girls phone numbers, you know, that's, I worked it hard those, <laughs> those uh, those couple of weeks, but I was selling weed to get by, um, in Europe, you know, uh, in hindsight, I look at myself as a complete fool. I don't know what I was thinking, you know, I'm 47 now I was 26 then I guess age and, and you know, and wisdom can, can, can do that to, to someone. But, um, uh, uh but anyway, I, I was selling weed and, uh, eventually I got caught and I'd actually stopped selling the weed when I got, when I got caught. I had been like a year and a half and I had, I had literally said, okay, no more of this. I'm going to take my life a different direction. And I did. I was a, I was a singer in Slovenia. Um, and, uh, and that was awesome. I was having a great life. I had my hot Slovenian girlfriend who's now my wife and, uh, wasn't, I was making about 200 euros, uh, hundred euros a week, maybe, right? Nothing, right? And I was just happy as a clam. And then my wife and I, we went back to the states. We got married. We came back because we were living in Slovenia, and I planned to live in Slovenia pretty much forever. And then, uh, and then I got pulled off the plane on an international, on an international haupsbefehla. Uh, so that's an international warrant, and I was taken into custody in Austria for about a month, and then, and then, uh, and then uh, extradited to. To Germany uh and that, and I did about six months then in German prison and then I got out uh, uh at my trial and I and that was a you know that was a it was a big moment for me you know I'm an upper middle class kid from Minnesota my sister went to Princeton and I went to prison right so <laughs> for uh, selling a plant <laughs> but, true but I knew what I was doing was wrong and I, and I and I and I and I shouldn't have done it I I didn't do any. it wasn't anything that was morally reprehensible but but it was stupid <laughs> and it was in Bavaria, like the most conservative place to sell weed. Everyone told me, "Oh, don't don't sell it in Bavaria. That's the Texas of Germany." And I was just like, "It doesn't seem like Texas to me," <laughs> but in fact, it kind of was, and um, in some regards. And um,
1: so, let's fast forward here. It's 2019 now. Uh, that happened, and uh, you know, cannabis is completely legal in the state of California. Uh, the Trump administration just passed a farm bill which actually completely legalized and rescheduled hemp and CBD in the entire country. So hemp is now legal. Um, so, And you're now, what, four, four and a half years into running the International Cannabis uh, Business Conference? So, you know, you've, you've come a long way from uh, your roots to uh, where we're at today. And then the industry's come a, an equally long way uh and can can you touch on some of the things i just brought up like where what is going on with this industry what you know this is a lot of change really quickly here
0: yeah i mean it's kind of it's we're at the point where it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when we've been at that point for for a while in terms of legalization now we have uh, issues where we need to federally legalize a lot of the, canada canada's way ahead of us on this in that they federally legalize therefore they have a lot more uh, mobility and their, their industry is even that much more nascent. We have, we have pods. Our, our industries are, are respective of each state. So you can't take cannabis out of state lines. Everything has to be vertically consolidated within that state. Um, if you have a brand in Colorado and you want to have a brand in California, you have to then vertically consolidate in that state, have it grown there uh, processed and sold in that state. So you can't have like a big, warehouse in wyoming and then ship across the country to your respective dispensaries you know that that doesn't work so 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 there's it's still pretty cumbersome right we've come a long way it's still cumbersome but now that's all falling with with uh, uh with tax for 280e you know writing being able to write off your your cost of your normal cost of doing mm-hmm. business uh that's very pro that's uh they're There's, there's a lot of restrictions on that. And then there's banking, you know, you can't bank, you have to be a cash business, all this stuff. So when, when something like the hemp bill passes, then it, it, it's a huge, huge, huge step for for you know, basically just normal cannabis commerce in America. We have it in these little bastions, these under these under different auspices, you know, each state has their different regulatory guidelines. But we need to have a it needs to be federally legalized. And when that happens, then it's gonna explode. Because what's happening now is the whole world is catching up to America or right now America's, you know, the, the the international cannabis space has been circumventing the US in that they're, they have these federal legal systems that, for example, Canada's federally legal, Germany's federally legal under medical auspices. And so, Canada is exporting Buku Bud to Germany right now to supply German medical patients. Mm-hmm. There's a huge CBD rush in Europe, and there's a huge medical move in Europe where there's a, they're they're growing a lot in the south. They're supplying to the, the north. There's a lot of big hemp grows in Europe happening right now. There, there's a lot of private equity plays. Um, there's a lot of uh, the public corporations in Canada are buying up a lot of the European startups. This is also happening in Israel, Australia, uh, uh, Jamaica, Colombia. So all these countries are getting on board, and therefore it's only a matter of time before America gets on board too. But everything's going forward. If anything, it's three steps forward, two steps back, but the the trajectory is is uh, going up.
2: Harbor is transforming private investing with blockchain technology. Through the Harbor platform, investors can access institutional quality assets like commercial real estate, investment funds, equity in private companies, and more. Own a piece of an office building, equity in a hotel, or invest in a venture capital fund. Harbor's platform allows qualified investors to access opportunities previously out of reach through lower investment minimums and without locking up their capital for five to 10 years. Restrictions apply, so visit harbor.com for more information. That's H-A-R-B-O-R.com.
1: And in California, you know, we've kind of had to face, you know, legalization here, which it's been kind of confusing. You know, as a uh, consumer myself, I I use CBD products uh, for health issues that I faced. And, you know, a lot of the brands barely survived legalization here uh, because it was really more about regulation than it was legalization. Uh, And, you know, the industry is definitely facing some challenges,
0: even with legalization. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, sure. You know, I kind of look at things from a, a consumer's perspective. I try to look at things from a consumer's perspective because I'm an old school activist. So all I really want is to get the best product for the best price. And I don't care who makes it, you know, and the best product might be some boutique brand, you know, and some of those brands are suffering because they're not able to scale, like these big, this big money, private equity money that's been coming into the game for a while now, and also there's a lot of pro, uh, prohibitive, uh, uh, you know, regulatory requirements that that make it, you know, you need to have take a risk. It's a real business now. You've got to put in a half million dollars and hope you're going to make get that get that back out. That's a shame. I mean, I'm I always support. Mom-and-pop businesses, I'm kind of libertarian-minded. I think everyone should have a fair shake. If you look in Cal, in Oregon, everyone really does have a fair shake. But at the same time, it doesn't matter because the folks that are going to scale are going to scale. Prices are going to drop and it's pushing people out where it's not viable. Mm-hmm. So I say a few things on that. Well, those brands that are may not make it they've got to brand more they've got to market more because it's all about added value product and branding at that point like just like any business you know because everyone it, there's there's a glut there's so much of it right um but as an activist perspective i would say there's uh basically you know the regulators are going to mess things up you know cannabis is the redheaded stepchild and there's so much money involved that people, everybody wants a piece. So the state gets a tax, the locals get a tax fees, all this stuff that is, that is, you know, just bad for business in general. No other business really has this, this type of, I won't say punitive, but I would say prohibitive uh, structure around it or very few, you know, maybe like nuclear waste or something. I don't know. But, uh, (laughs) uh, uh you know it's it's kind of a you know and the the idea is to stop prohibition and so when it's more expensive at the dispensary than it is on the street then you're going to go then people are still going to go to the street that being said we've seen prices go up in the dispensaries always when the state legalizes and then bam they go down because more people the competition more people growing so ultimately it it, it levels itself out and it will in california also um uh and you'll have so now in oregon you can go get an ounce for for sixty dollars on a special of dank like sick herb right that would have been back in santa cruz in 93 would have been four hundred dollars three hundred three hundred and a quarter like for the bro price or whatever right Yeah, yeah and so prices are going down the quality is good in oregon and yeah, some people are getting pushed out. But a lot of those people that are getting pushed out, were the reason they were making money anyway was on the backs of prohibitions because people were still going to jail for this. So for example, when when I'm in Berlin, the first conference we did in Berlin, I told everyone I said your regulators and politicians and administrators are going to are going to going to fuck this up. Hmm. And that's just that's that's clear. So what's most important is that we end criminal penalties towards cannabis and that everybody should everybody should be able to have a robust home guard so if everyone can have a home garden in the world and the criminal penalties are ended towards cannabis, if I sell you a pound, the, the, the crime isn't the cannabis. The crime is that I didn't pay the tax on the pound that I sold you, right? And that's always going to be a crime. So we take it back to these kind of fundamental public policy the axioms that, 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 that everyone can be happy. The hippies can be happy because they can, they, there's no criminal penalties and they can grow at home and the big business guys can can be happy and they, and then they can just treat cannabis as, as any other commodity.
1: Yeah. And just for some context for the listeners, you know, some of the regulations and some of the things in California, for example, it includes packaging. Uh, you have to have the most insane wasteful packaging I've ever seen in any industry um, where it's not just like child safety proof. It's like adult proof. Um, you're like trying to get in there with scissors and a knife and trying to figure out how to actually get into these ridiculous zip tie bags. And um, you know, <laughs> it's, awesome. it's pretty crazy. Um, then you've also got a lot of challenges when it comes to advertising because although the States have legalized uh, and as you mentioned, the banks have not um, the advertising platforms that pretty much everyone uses from Google to Facebook they also don't allow advertising for cannabis brands. So, uh so the normal avenues that are available for, you know, a alcohol company for example, uh for advertising, I mean they can run a Super Bowl commercial. Um, you know, the same kind of advertising capabilities are not yet available to the cannabis industry and now there's, you know, kind of this gray zone and question mark even with hemp and CBD. Uh, you know, is can you now market hemp and CBD products because it's now federally legal? Um, you know, Facebook and Google haven't really quite said like, hey, we're going to allow this yet, even though federally now hemp and CBD are legal. Um, so it's, it's kind of a shit show. Um, there's, there's a lot of chaos going on in this industry. So, you know, tell us a bit about the event you're working on and how you're trying to kind of organize people to get through this and figure it out.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Yeah, it is a shit show. And, and, and I think that being said, I think any new business has its, has its, you know, challenges and its hurdles. And so, you know, and I'm not justifying uh, Facebook and Google not allowing for cannabis advertising, because I think that is the most insipid, just sorry ass way to be doing business i mean we consider these 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 institutions as some people do as liberal bastions right or as free as a a vessels of free thought right Mm -hmm. and expression and it's just in the cannabis industry as you as you get denied by facebook or the facebook overloads all overloads all the time when you submit some ad even we do as an ancillary you get denied uh sometimes and it is it's just it's crazy when i open a bank account with my ancillary are you in the cannabis industry uh yes oh we can't oh but i don't sell weed doesn't matter you know it's like I can understand a smaller institution. I can even understand a bigger institution like Facebook or, or Google uh, doing it. Um, but, you know, it's weed, man. And this is like, it's it's so crazy that, that, you know, I don't know. I just think stoners are still looked down upon. Like all oh, those pot smokers, they're lazy, they're apathetic, they complain a lot, you know, we're not, you know, I don't know. All that stuff is still cocaine culture because if you're going to get a, a lot of people who get that much work done are just on amphetamines, whether it's prescribed Adderall or whatever, you know, so those aren't cannabis vibes. I'm personally not drug prejudiced. I just don't want people to be drug prejudiced against cannabis. Also, you know, <clears throat> I think all drugs should be legal. But, here, but here's the deal. It, none of that matters. The business is crazy. This is a multi-billion dollar industry at my conferences hundreds of millions of dollars gets gets done on the table uh it's it's insane so it doesn't matter we talk about you know investment international investment different uh uh uh, private equity private equity to investment banking to uh to public corporations we talk a lot about you know there's a lot of patent stuff with the new tech stuff coming out there's a lot of people that are there's so many new tech innovations in uh, uh, cannabis right now that all this, you know, IP is king in the cannabis world right now. And if you've got some, if you've got, if you've got your IP in line, and you've got something, you know, good to back it up with, then there are acquisitions happening in this industry, uh, like, like crazy. Yeah.
1: No, it's a huge investment opportunity right now uh that's for sure well anyways and it's, we are, and it's
0: not just it's not just the united states if i could no. say that's the whole thing that's what i've tapped in on i saw it years ago you know when i booked my first event in berlin everyone was like alex what are you doing this is international you know there's no international cannabis business i was like yeah the germans were like oh alex we are so worried for you 500 dollars a ticket this is we are worried <laughs> for you how do you say german are very uh gunstig uh google people you know and i'm like yeah i'm scared too You know i don't know you know i just have this vision and just like i said what happened all of a sudden it wasn't all about america it was about canada it was about germany it was about the czech republic it was about spain it was about Colombia. it was about jamaica it was about australia it was about israel it was about south africa you know all these countries it was was about great britain it was all these countries greece all these countries now so so it used to be that america was the only place or the u.s was the only place that had cannabis legal Canada too, right? Now that's not true anymore. So there's so so a lot of this, a lot of this the the businesses, is, is, you know, there are no restrictions. The, the in Germany, you know, if you have a clear license and you want to do Canada business or an in, in business or an importer license, import export. It's all if as long as it's done under medical auspices, it's all it's all cool. So I mean, I just think that can't be understated. Is how how how. America is obviously not the center of the world, and we are, like, maybe with soft culture, but there's a whole world outside of America, and I was lucky enough to to predict that that would happen. And that was only three, three and a half, four years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Because our first international conferences were in America, right? And then we just wanted to be international, and then we became international. And, you know, cannabis years are like dog years. You know, one year in the cannabis industry is like 10 years, you know, so (laughs) much... stuff can happen
1: i think the tech industry can probably relate to that something
0: yeah. no it's, it's very it's very analogous to the tech industry and you see it right now happening and just in terms of like company valuations or whatever not not just like mm-hmm. the, the the logistics or dynamics of the industry but just like how everything is playing out it's very techy, dot comy, like boom and in in, in in just how just how it was in the early late 90s or early early 2000s and then we have the new tech boom you know and it's 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 so similar so there's actually a lot of tech folks you know our, our show in, in san francisco attracts a lot you know definitely folks from silicon valley and uh you know we're still con- our tech and you know our tech stuff is still considered uh fairly pedestrian you know in our industry. But that's what makes it so exciting an opportunity. And so we see a lot of tech guys, and a lot of cannabis business or just tech guys and business guys coming in the cannabis space and just being able to be like, oh, mm, you know, because they've seen it before. They've, they, they know what's going on. And it's just a simple analogy. And so you see a lot of marriages between tech and business in the cannabis space that are creating some amazing new uh, breakthroughs and developments.
1: Well, I got to ask, uh, you know, this is the Hacker Noon podcast, so what is some
0: time in your life that you've had to hack something? Let's see. Uh, <laughs> I've had to hack something about a million, I'm not a computer guy, but uh, uh, metaphorically speaking, I've done it, um, that's been my whole life, um, I'd probably, well there's a million times, I'd probably say in Amsterdam, at a cannabis cup once, Fishbone was playing, and a, a famous uh, uh, old school band they their legends, and uh, and they and their last song was was uh, some real funky groovy uh, uh, bit, and they invited the Cottonmouth Kings on. Cottonmouth Kings had opened up this rap Group, they laid down this funky groove, and they said, "Okay, we're gonna invite the Cottonmouth Kings. They're from Orange County, too, or they're our LA friends. Come on." The Cottonmouth Kings didn't come out. It's like they were like they were like grooving on the Norwood, grooving on the bass, Angelo with. Was, was you know you know doing little sing and they didn't come out right mm-hmm. so me and my boy came out and I rocked I rocked the whole milk fig like I had the whole <laughs> thousand people there with fishbone and when we got off stage fishbone had done an amazing job and I I went and rocked it with some freestyle and when we got off stage that was their grand finale they were all like saying what a good job I did and I thought it was very ironic funny but
1: you know so you you, ha- you literally hacked a concert and the final song uh, just to, uh, because the audience was unhappy that the other band wouldn't come out. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, do you have, uh, do you have any
0: final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, just that, like kind of just reiterating that this is, this is happening. This is going all worldwide and it's, it's only a matter of time, but I guess my final thought would be a little bit controversial. Um, but I think Trump has been good and will be good for the cannabis industry um, I think he's already been better, even though you had Jeff Sessions, uh, you know, kind of been, you know, saying all this hubbubaloo about yep. cannabis. When you look at who was getting busted by the feds and who was getting their do- doors busted in with machine guns, we don't see it like we saw it in Obama or Bush days. And part of that is, is not just Trump. It's that it's the sign of the times, right? It's mm-hmm. the luxury of being president now. But still, this it could go any way at any time. We could revert back into a, a police state when it comes to cannabis, right? And so, my big—I guess—my big prediction is that not only will Trump not, not legalize CBD and hemp, which he—which he did, which he has—but uh, he'll that that Trump will legalize cannabis uh, federally in America, whether it's a roundabout way or or directly, whether it's rescheduling, whether it's the states act that's coming up. Whether it's another thing, I think he's all for it, and I actually think Trump is 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 good for the cannabis industry. So,
1: all right, well, you heard it here first. So, <laughs> see what happens. And you've got an event coming up in uh, February in San Francisco, right? Can you tell us just a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, it's our fifth year in San Francisco. It'll be about fifteen hundred people there. It's at the uh, Union Square Hilton, uh, February seventh and eighth. VIP reception on the seventh, the eighth. Uh, you know we're going to be going. Lori Ajax, the uh, cannabis czar, of California, will be there after the fi- uh, the final rules have just come out. And we have the Canadian Stock Exchange coming down to tell people how to go uh, public uh, in American companies to go public in Canada. Uh, we have uh, we have the big federal panel, actually, Fed, the Fed panel uh, the top lobbyist in Washington coming out to. Uh, to say what is going to happen with this administration. And, and, and we actually really do have a chance to legalize federally and they're, they're kind of uh, spearheading the, the whole project. And then we've, we've got a great tech panel too. And then we got a uh, party with DJ Domino from Hieroglyphics and DJ Muggs from Cypress Hill uh, from nice. after party at Pier 23. And then we've got Barcelona, Berlin, Zurich, and Vancouver all this year, and the website is internationalcbc.com. Internationalcbc.com. People can go to if they want more information.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure.
0: Yeah, thank you, Chen. I really appreciate it.
1: This concludes another episode of the Hacker Noon podcast. I'm your host, Trent Lipinski. Please don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on social media. You can also find us at hackernoon.com and podcast.hackernoon.com for more episodes. Thank you for listening.